You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1060 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you deep into the night on a Thursday into Friday. And today's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, buy below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On set you. Today's show will be myself and Robbie Cowland live from a hotel room in Las Vegas. So keep that in mind. We're uh, sharing a microphone on this podcast. Robbie and I uh, have been in Vegas the entire week together, basically. And he's been observing the Hawks as well as the entire Summer League landscape. Uh, he'll be the first to note that he's not the biggest draft guy in the world, but we did talk about Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper as well as some other Summer League stuff and uh, had, a, had a bunch of fun from that. So I figured I would give you guys the one guest perspective this week and then we'll dive into some more stuff next week and beyond. I plan to have a lot of guests on the show in the coming days and weeks. I know everyone always wants Tower Jones to come back on. He'll be back on soon, I promise. And uh, I have a, a list of names that I'm going to be approaching in the coming days because once Summer League comes to a close, we are uh, left to our own devices for the most part in terms of content between the end of Summer League and the beginning of training camp, which is about a six-week period. So I'll be ramping things up as much as I possibly can, uh, You know, at least two or three shows per week, even in the downtime of the offseason. But keep that in mind. Also, a moment to tell you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're already doing that, please... Uh, know that I am grateful for that subscription. Um, if you're not a subscriber already, go ahead and click that subscribe button or that follow button on your podcast player of choice, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, all those fun places. I appreciate everyone um, listening to the podcast. Also, tell your friends. If you have a Hawks fan friend in your life that has not found the podcast yet, share it with them. If they don't like it, that's okay. But give, give them a chance to uh, follow along with the show as well. And uh, without any further delay, uh, we'll come back after a word from our sponsors, and you'll hear from myself and Robbie. But first, a word from Sweatblock. There are a few things in life that just are not any fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. It's not fun for anyone to sweat through their shirt for no reason. I'm sure we've all dealt with this at some point in time, and while there are definitely bigger problems in the world, it can certainly feel like a big deal when it happens in the moment. And that's why you should check out Sweatblock and Iperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You can simply apply it at night before you go to bed, and then after you go to bed, the next morning you can wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying at all about sweat. Guaranteed. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. There is also, by the way, a dry shirt guarantee. And if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's manufactured in the USA. Sweatblock has a bestseller on Amazon and other places for the past decade. I know it might sound too good to be true, but it absolutely works. You can wear what you want to wear with confidence, and it really is an absolute must have. If you or someone you know and love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock right now. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or check it out at a CVS near you right now. One more time, that is promo code locked on at sweatblock.com for 20% off. Promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Today's podcast is also sponsored by the good folks at rockauto.com. Have you ever gone to a chain store looking for auto parts that fit your car? Is it maddening? Because it is for me. I know it has been in the past and it will be if I ever try that again. But frankly, I don't ever need to do that again because of rockauto.com. Rock Auto has been serving auto parts customers for 20 years at this point in time. And you could save time and money when you use Rock Auto. They have all kinds of auto parts that will fit your lifestyle, fit your preferences, and the best part is you don't have to endure the pointless questioning from someone behind the counter who's only looking to sell you the one part 
or one kind of part that they have in their warehouse. RockAuto.com has everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And honestly, the prices are always reliably low for every customer and they really serve the do-it-yourselfer very, very effectively. You can go explore their website right now. It's very easy to use. You can find a solution to your auto parts needs in one place. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, you want to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. I am joined now in a Las Vegas hotel room by the great Robbie Callen. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, friends. Uh, I'm great. Excited uh, to be here. Yeah, we're, we're doing this live. I have one mic. Hopefully, everyone will be patient with the sound, but I figured it was worth it. Robbie and I have been staying together. He's been, I would say, not covering the Hawks quite like I have, but close enough. Been watching some Jalen Johnson, Sharif Cooper, and all of the Summer League stuff happening. In fact, tonight he was live on the radio in Las, in Las Vegas. During the game, which is interesting, and uh, it was a late one. We're recording this not so late West Coast time; it's about 10 p.m. But that means 1 a.m. Uh, for those of you in the Eastern Time Zone. But uh, I'm actually going to put uh, the Hawks on hold for a second. And uh, there was a bit of news that I actually laughed when I realized that Robbie and I were going to talk tonight because Kyle Korver uh, officially is retired because he's going to be joining the Nets staff as a player development guy. And uh, Kyle was out of the league last year for a part of the season and all that stuff, but I figured since Robbie and I both covered, uh, I would say, Kyle's prime in Atlanta, uh, a few minutes we could talk about Kyle for a second because uh, I think in the in the announcement or in the report from Shams, it was like one-time all-star Kyle Korver. <laughs> and I was like, well, I remember that very fondly, and as does Robbie. So, hey, Robbie, uh, Kyle's retired. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's one of those guys that they, we talk about sometimes, guys who kind of played in the wrong era. I think Kyle is is the opposite of that. He's the guy that, that came in the league a little early for the three-point era and then became um, kind of the poster child for, for what you can do as a sharpshooter if you can play some team defense and you can be solid on that end. And how it's in, in that 14-15 Hawks. I mean, he was really kind of – he was basically the engine of that team of the offense, like of the offense, certainly, yeah. because so much revolved around not just his his actual shooting, but playing off of the things that the the way he drew the defense. You talk about kind of the gravity of Kyle Korver on that team and how important that was to to freeing Millsap and Horford out up uh, inside. And um, yeah, it was it was interesting to watch his career as it went on because he came in the league as as the Ashton Kutcher lookalike in, in <laughs> Philadelphia, and um, everybody knew he could shoot. Um, but but the way he rounded out his game, I, th- I always thought was pretty impressive. He became a a starting caliber shooting guard, and you know we saw in that season um, an all star on you know the best team in the East in the regular season. Yeah, I mean. It's funny, I think if we had some of the advanced metrics that we have now, uh, six years ago, it would have been more of a consensus opinion. But I think it's not even like a thing, to, a crazy thing to say that he was the best offensive player on that team. And that's wild, considering I, you know he wasn't leading scorer and all that stuff, but he shot you know incredibly well. And there was like a three-year period, basically, where the only guy in the league you could say is a better shooter than Kyle was Steph, basically. Yeah. Like, he was that good. Um, you know, I would probably say like a better version of Duncan Robinson now, essentially. Well, Kyle in his prime, because he was probably a better defender, a little bit more stout. But anyway, like I don't want to go too crazy on it, but I figured that was something we should bring up because Kyle was, a, I would say, a pretty darn good Hawk for a while. And uh, I know there's now a raging debate about which one is the better Hawks team between last season and 
2014-15, but at, at a bare minimum, uh, a member of one of the top two Hawks teams of all time. So, Yeah, um, and from a media perspective, a joy in the locker room, and yes. quite literally the first person you all, we always walked to, uh, because he was, he was ready, everybody else was in the shower, he always knew uh, someone needed to be there to take those first questions, and Kyle was always uh, ready and willing and, and gracious with his time, so I'll appreciate him for that. Uh, in particular from a from a selfish media note. Oh yeah, when I first started covering the team more seriously, uh, I kind of learned quickly that Kyle was the go-to guy in a lot of ways. You know, Paul and Paul and Al were good, but not uh, not the most bubbly always talking to the media and Kyle would just take every question and give you a real answer, which is not something that everyone does. Uh, even guys who are pretty decent sometimes don't want to don't give you much on a, on a question, but Kyle would just, you know, Speaking complete sentences and give you something if Always you ask him a welcome. question. So, Always uh, shouts to Kyle Corver. Uh, all right, um, before we get into, I guess, everything else, uh, I guess uh, draft wise, I want to say that for the second part of this, um, I want to ask you about the Hawks offseason mm-hmm. because they obviously made their run to the Final Four last year. And uh, I think objectively, they're better right now than they were then, especially when you factor in health. Like, if you assume that Hunter is back at his, you know, somewhat of a level that he was at last year and um, all the health stuff that they had, then you plug some holes with DeLon Wright and Gorgie Jang. Like, you know, wh- how you felt about this offseason? It's not been the flashiest. Like, I've kind of noticed, and people, I think in the Peachtree Group Slack noticed this too, like, the Hawks have not been on a lot of those, like, offseason winners lists. But for all of us that are paying close attention to the team, it's like the Hawks have done really well, it feels like, because they did all of that, and then they also brought back John, which can't be overstated. Yeah, I, I think – when you look at the Hawks offseason, it, it was, you know, those winners lists are for the splashy big offseasons. And, and the Hawks just made solid moves on the periphery. And that's all they really could do because they did all the splashy moves last year, right? You know, they spent the money last offseason. And this offseason was about how do we fill the gaps? How do we make sure that we're building the depth we need to build? Um, and I think we, we saw that with. Uh, getting Gorgie is it was a really nice uh, pickup, sneaky because obviously uh, with with Anyeka going down, you're gonna need somebody to fill minutes in the regular season, and you get a guy who you know his contract in Minnesota made him kind of one of those like oh wow he's not good guys, but he's been solid for a few years now as a backup center. That's one of our talking points too that you and I always stress like guys making a lot of money um, that are that get overpaid often actually get underrated. Yes, this happened to Kent Bazemore. Yes, uh, famously that we've talked about a lot offline, but Gorgie's a good example of that. Where like that was a bad contract like objectively. Yes, but he also like didn't just suddenly he was not suddenly terrible because he got it. It was like this right. guy's overpaid, but he's also quite useful, and right. now he's making four million dollars and that's right it's 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 a really good deal you get delon right in who i think is kind of your um replacement for what you hoped chris dunn would be last year which is a a quality backup point guard who can play a little defense and has some length and can can be a little more switchable than what you have in your starting lineup play with Um, trey a little bit too play with trey a little bit play with lou Yep. Um, you know, and, and they plugged keep, that whole hard. They got they got two vets plus Sharif head uh, back up one card. So yeah. So I I think they I think they did well. Um, I think the biggest question for the Hawks is as you watch the rest of the East get better around you, where do you find yourself in that realm? Like what tier are they in? I I still think they are 
um, a tier two team, but I think that's a pretty big tier. I think you're still talking about uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee at the very top with Philly. Um, uh oh, you're gonna get in trouble for that one. Am like I gonna get in trouble for that one? For the, for the Philly one, yes, I would say so. No, I, I honestly, I'm I'm kind of workshopping a take now, and we have time to talk about it in the next like you know six weeks when there's nothing happening. But for me, I think it's almost Brooklyn in their own tier. Brooklyn probably exists on because. There. I think objectively, if Brooklyn was healthy, they would have won the East last year. I mean, there's right. almost they almost beat Milwaukee even without mm-hmm. Kyrie and with Harden half speed. And if, if KD's foot is you know six inches behind the line, they win the series and all that. And I think Brooklyn, not that I was the biggest Brooklyn believer last year, but when you throw Harden in to that mix sure. and you know Patty Mills now for cheap and all this stuff, like they're kind of terrifying. So yeah, they, they exist. At the time. We, we can I, save I all of, that. Of, I think out of respect for, for what Milwaukee's done. I, no, I, I, I get it. In yeah. that, in that top two. I mean, they won the, they won the title. They Milwaukee won the title. title. And like, I thought they had a nice, and I, I thought they had a nice off season losing PJ Tucker is, is I think important, but maybe was a touch overstated. They also get Dante back, who is not PJ Tucker, but that's a guy who was one of their best five players for a lot of last season. And you get play. Bobby Portis back for yeah. real cheap. And they still have the, the, Taxpayer mid level to, to maybe go get Paul. Oh, that would, yeah. Paul Millsap, speaking of Kyle Corver, Paul Millsap's still uh, languishing out there. It's interesting. And uh, Hawks fans want him, and, and so do I, but I think it's not necessarily going to be likely to happen. But uh, no, I think that obviously the Philly thing is uh, a hot button issue. I, because I understand. Here, I, also, I also think part of it is they'll be fine. Like, we know they're just a good regular seat. And this is more for playoff seating. Well, that's the thing about this Hawks team is that. We saw, and I'll be the first to admit this, I'm probably going to say this a lot in the next couple months, but it's kind of hard for me to figure out what this Hawks team is going to be in the regular season just because of how weird last year was, both with regard to injuries and also the coaching change and how that all changed things because they were basically two different teams. Like they were this sub-500, super banged up, struggling team, and they got red hot, and it's like, okay, now they're, again, I said this earlier, they're they're definitely better on paper now than they were a year ago. Um, and then you, but you just try to figure out like what that actually means. I, I saw one of those over unders that came out; they were like forty eight or so, and that's going to be interesting. I mean, we'll see where that ends up landing uh, in the coming days. But I, uh, I'm with you that you know tier two is certainly not a shot at the Hawks. Like I think people no. are gonna, there are people I can already see Hawks fans that uh, I wish that I haven't already seen Hawks fans keep, keeping their guard up on this about how like you know don't rank us behind these teams, and I, I'm not going to do that. But at the same time. I think objectively Brooklyn's better, um, but other yes. than that, other than that, I'll, I'll listen because of how close the Milwaukee series was, and they obviously beat Philly and all that stuff. So I get it, but I, I'll be the first to admit I have no idea how to project this team for 82 sure. games right now because we just haven't seen this team for we, we haven't seen this team like that. Yeah, I, I, I just think as in terms of regular season, um, we know Milwaukee knows how to just navigate that. Oh yeah, uh, and well, that's always the shot against uh, until now, I guess. That it was the was shot, against, the shot against them was they can get through the regular season and not through the playoffs. Um, so I ju- I just think when you're when you're talking about where the Hawks land, um, it's probably in that three to six range, and that's where they're going to be projected. I mean, if you look at uh, over unders or yeah. the odds or anything like that, that's where they're going to be. That's where they basically have been the entire time, and I think you could certainly argue that might that might underrate them. And I know Hawks fans will. But that's going to be the consensus. You're going to see once the projections come out or once the picks come out, people are going to have Brooklyn and Milwaukee probably 1-2. And then you're going to see 
where the Hawks land, and it's going to be somewhere in that three to five, three to six range. The along Hawks fans are going to be very upset with how many people are going to have Miami above. Oh, that's going to happen for sure. And I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to join Hawks fans in that because I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Miami guy on that. But it's just, it's interesting because yeah, you throw in Miami, you throw in Philly. That for me is the top five like kind of consensus. I'm not a Boston guy. I'm not a you know pick whatever pick whichever team that you want to throw. A New York guy. Um, Chicago is now a buzzy team with Demar. I, I don't see that necessarily happening. But yeah, I think you'll mostly see the Hawks in the top five. But it's mostly going to be you know probably four or five for a lot of people, and that's going to bother Hawks fans. And it should. I mean, they, they you make the conference finals. I get it. Uh, but anyway, I think it was a pretty good offseason. We'll talk about it, obviously, a lot more. But since you were here, uh, I yeah. figured we should check in on that and kind of no, get the they, feeling. They, they, they did well. Um, and like everything else in basketball, it comes down to how healthy can you stay. Well, and, and JC being back is big. I mean, yeah, that's huge. it gets underrated because he was on the team, and I, at least I thought the entire time he'd be back. Yes. But it wasn't a lock. Like, it wasn't 100% outcome. And they got him on a pretty good contract. He's not making a ton of money for this year, all that stuff. So... Um, it's it's both a kind of a nonchalant thing to discuss because he's just back, but that would have been a big loss, as I said a million times. Like they, well, they couldn't replace they him. couldn't replace him, and that was the thing. Like yes, Jalen Johnson is. We'll get into this in a second. Jalen Johnson looks great in summer league, but he's not going to be John Collins as a rookie. No. It's just not going to be a thing that's going to happen. So um, probably a good transition point actually. Um, before we get into some summer league stuff and how Robbie has uh, seen Sharif and Jalen, etc., a word from our sponsors. And the first of which comes from betonline.ag. The offseason is here for the Atlanta Hawks in full force, but BetOnline is still the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is still in full swing at this point in time. You can track all the action, though, at BetOnline. And beyond baseball, there is all kinds of interest from sport to sport, entertainment, and much more. Get all the latest news, the odds, and the information for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, F1, all that fun stuff. You can find it all at BetOnline. And on top of that, you have odds boosters, entertainment bets, the works. You can find it all in one place. Before the next pitch, dribble, or pass, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to their respective playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. 50% extra cash if you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up at betonline.ag. Check it all out in one place, your best place to find all the sports action, the fastest, easiest, and best. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Robbie, let us get into some Summer League talk. Uh, we're three games in. This podcast is being recorded after Game 3, which the Hawks lost in overtime to the Sixers. Uh, I'm sort of eschewing my uh, full breakdown game podcast for this podcast because it's a summer league game and I can do that. Um, but they, you know, I think in general the scoreboard doesn't matter much in summer league. Uh, no. They lost the game. Actually, I was I was kind of taken by this. I'm not even sure I said this to you yet. Um, I was surprised, and I would say maybe pleasantly, like they weren't. This is a summer league game. Like Matt Hill and Sharif and Jalen were like, and I think Skyler too were kind of like unhappy after this game, mm. and they didn't play bad. I mean, they they played. Fine, um, and they, but they lost, and these guys are competitive. And Sharif said he wants to win, and Matt Hill wants to win, and all that stuff. And I, we don't care about—I don't care about the scoreboard at all. Mm-hmm. But they were—they were competitive, and they were kind of just showing some of that uh, resilience. You know, we talk about the Philly stuff, and it was kind of all, all the jokes flying about the uh, the rematch of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Tyrese Maxey had 31 points. But I mean, in general, beyond even today, because I know you only saw part of it. 
Um, what have you made of, uh, I guess we'll start with Jalen Johnson, because Johnson's been on a lot of those summer league winners lists so far, and I think rightly so. He's been really good. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he is he is strong. I think that's the one thing that, that stands out when you watch him play, especially at the summer league level. Because when you get to summer league... Athlete. What what you want to look for, and and, and I, actually, I said this on, on VEASAN tonight, was like when I look for guys, what I'm looking for in summer league is like, what are you supposed to be good at right now, and are you showing that? Yeah. And Jalen Johnson's supposed to be an athlete. And he is. <laughs> and he's absolutely that. That tip, that dunk he had... Uh, was that game one or two? I think it was game, but he had he had two or three tonight. Even there was a tip dunk tonight. There was one where, and what the thing that jumps off the, off the screen to me and in front of me being here in person almost even more is that he makes it look easy. Yeah, like it's not like he's having to load up a ton to get up. Like he has the great size too, but he's a, he's powerful and really kind of. There's no other way to put it. He makes it look easy, which is a, which is good because in the NBA it won't be easy. But yeah. the fact that he can kind of just glide like that and explode to the rim uh, is not a small thing for a guy uh, of that size. No, and and so you you love the way that he moves on the court. And then I think the thing that's been been impressive is the the shooting touch has been pretty consistent throughout. I mean, he's shown that little post fadeaway. He's um, I, I like the patience he shows offensively for oh, a guy yeah. who is a, as athletic as him the tendency is to try and go oh to yeah. try and bully your way through everybody and, and he's real patient with it in the post he's he doesn't get a lot of offensive fouls in the post which is something that those guys can have a, a tendency to do when you're stronger than somebody is you try to go through somebody's chest and then you get the charges I, i've been impressed watching his patience and watching how comfortable he seems to be with the ball in his hands and that's something that, if you're talking about what the Hawks need, projecting out to the future, yeah, in, in kind of that rotation when you have, um, obviously there's going to be decisions to make on the wing, but but when you have guys like DeAndre Hunter, who's not necessarily a great on-ball threat, um, he's gotten better steadily. He's, there for he's sure. gotten better steadily, but just adding more guys who you can go to who aren't Trey, who you can get a bucket through. Um, and especially on that second unit, I, I, I think it's going to be important. And, and we'll see how much he plays this year. But I think he's certainly made a case for some regular season minutes, even if he's at a position uh, that certainly has a bit of a long jam with uh, with JC and Gallo. Yeah, I think the patience thing is a good thing to hit on because I've been impressed with that. And that's what, you know, we talked about this on draft night, but he was he's built to be a really good passer. And you've definitely seen that. That's one of his best traits. But this is a guy who hasn't played a lot of basketball in like yeah. the last like two years. And for him to come in, and yeah, it's summer league. The competition's not what you're going to see in the NBA, and it's kind of a weird atmosphere. But he has been, uh, I think, remarkably poised with the ball in particular. And you know, tonight he was operating out of the high post some, in the mid post as a passer, as a facilitator. He's not shooting the ball every time he gets it. He's really kind of just like letting what happens happen, which yeah. I think is really good for a guy who is – a first-round pick that probably is not happy that he slid to 20, and he probably shouldn't have slid to 20, but um, trying, to, trying to prove yourself is like a trap you can get into as a first-round pick Yes, um, that fell. And I think both Sharif and Jalen have done a good job not doing that. Right, uh, You can kind of dig yourself a hole a little bit, but you know, he rebounded tonight. I think, I think, yeah, in fact, he led the team in rebounding by a lot tonight with 11. Um, he had 13 points. Like, it wasn't like he was crazily efficient in game three, but no, he's but scoring. He's, like, and, over, overall, just like and he, the defense he's too. been good. And, and yeah, and... 
it, it's the strength, it's the it's the movement abilities. I, I think that's the other thing is defensively, you know, we, we see a lot of guys come in and they can move offensively and they're explosive and all that, and then you get them on defense and they're stiff and they're thinking and they're, um, yeah. you know, you, you, you can see the wheels turning. And, and he's, he's, had just, some, he's had a few like that. Well, I mean, and, that's, he's a and that's, every, and that's right. every rookie. But I think generally I like that you can see that sometimes he just lets it go and lets himself play. And when you when he does that, you can see where the potential is, and the and the thing for him is just going to be getting to the point where he's so comfortable that he's not actively thinking, and that he's just reacting and trusting yep. what he sees and trusting what he knows he's supposed to do in the system. And that's so hard to do in summer league because you you've had one day of install. I think they had yeah, I think they of, had two days of practice, and uh, you know, they're just kind of rolling the ball out. And for a rookie in particular, like yeah, you're just nothing they're doing in the NBA is like they did in college. Even if you, yeah. even the guys who played at high levels, you know, he played at Duke for goodness sake, but it's, it's not, it's, it's not the different. same thing. It's just it's not. And, and like I mentioned on, on yesterday's podcast, or was it two days ago? Um, they had him playing center like a decent amount. And part of that scheme stuff. Part of that is roster stuff. Roster stuff. And tonight they're playing against Philly. Philly's playing Paul Reed at center a lot. Like it's easier, but ball, ball. still like you're asking him to be your anchor, which is not like, what he's supposed to be. I mean, yeah. some, I mean, I think he can do that a little bit, but it's been remarkable. Like they're just kind of throwing him out there and throw him in the, like, he's Matt Hill keeps saying, Matt Hill keeps saying, uh, throwing those guys in the fire is what he keeps saying. And I think that's yeah. a good way to put it. Like just putting a lot on the rookies and Scott Ramey's in particular as well. But, yeah. um, that's probably enough on Jalen, I guess. But I want to ask you about Sharif because he was kind of the story of this game on Thursday. He yeah. led the team in scoring and assists. He had 21 and 12. Um, did did regress as a as three point shooter was 0 for 4 in this game. But actually, he said after the game that he thought because he shot well the other night, they defended him differently. And I think it was interesting because he just was able to get downhill. Not that this is breaking news, but he was really, really able to get downhill in this game. Even almost even more so, like just attacking the rim and. Um, finishing really well like he had yeah. a couple of impressive finishes particularly in the first half tonight so I mean we kind of know the book on Sharif but um, have you been impressed with what you've seen so far uh, in summer league through three games yeah I mean he's been good I, th- I thought game one he got he fell into a little bit of a trap at times of getting into the paint without a real plan um, there's a little dribble 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 dribble, dribble stuff with him at times um, and that and that's just summer league. That's just you know you're you're on a team where you don't know everybody, and so sometimes you don't have that same trust. And I think we see that build as he goes along. I think that's been the best thing to see is it, it hasn't been the same as that Celtics game. No, for him uh, going forward, he's been a more he's he's you know obviously there were a couple you know blown assists in that Celtics oh, game. I, I but mean even honestly, he had twelve assists tonight. I can think of at least three or four plays off the top of my head right now yeah. where guys drop passes or what. Like he sure. could be, I, right. I, this always happens. But and that's just summer league. And yeah, the blown assist thing is crazy. But uh, you know, the, I agree with you though. He's been a little bit more under control as he drives. And 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 that's what and the, and the thing is, is and and so I want to make clear like that's not like a knock on on, oh, no. on his first game performance, but that's it's good to see that growth quickly because what you, what you want to, what you want to see is you want to see a guy get more comfortable with his teammates. And how does that, especially as a point guard and how does that impact how you play? Because it's really easy when you're not sure where guys are going to be, where their best spots are. Um, it's really easy to just go, okay, I'm just going to, if it's a 50, 50 thing, I'm just going to try to do it myself. And I think there were times he did that in the Celtics game, especially after guys drop passes 
and you go, yeah. okay, well, I just got to do this. Um, and he, he pressed a little bit at times. But I, I've been impressed with, again, like, like with Jalen, the, the patience um, that we've seen lately from him. Uh, we know he can get downhill. It's, it's just like, okay, what do you do once you're down, down in that area? There were a few times in that first game where I thought he got there and jumped and didn't know what he was going to do with the basketball. Yeah. And I think he's done a better job of trying to avoid those situations the last couple of games, especially tonight. I thought he was he was really good at not getting himself into trouble in the tall trees because, you know, as a small guard, you really have to have a plan. Yeah, and he really – he finished really well. And, and part of that is setting yourself up too. It's not yeah. just like you have to – to your point about having to have a plan, he can't just rely on beating guys up to the rim. He's got to be there's, – there's some craft there. And he had a few crafty finishes. And that's something that's been an under – I think an under – utilized part of his game or maybe an underrated part of his game but the fact that you know the turnovers I don't really care you know Nate McMillan said this on the, on the broadcast and uh, Sharif has kind of owned up to not having the best ball security so far this week but also I, I almost want turnovers out of him right now that means he's trying stuff. yeah I, I don't really mind that at all and he even said tonight when I asked him um, he said something about like the game slowing down yeah and I'm thinking yeah I mean if it's game three, and he, and he said he's got a long way to go, but he's, he said he's it's already getting there to the point where, and some of these just weird. It's very fast, and if you watch NBA game versus, I mean, it's not breaking news that it's, di- that it's a different level of competition, but everything's very scattered. Yeah. Like, the pace is high, and that's probably good for him overall, um, but at the same time, it's just some, they're throwing stuff at him, and he's processing, and I thought this is probably his best game. I know he shot better on Tuesday, but I thought he played better tonight. Yeah, and I... And that's always something in summer league that can be kind of tough to figure out. It's like, you know, because it's such a small sample that we tend to go, oh, wow, he shot great in this game. He had his best game here. And then, okay, yeah. he didn't shoot well in this game. But, you know, I mean, the thing with Sharif that is kind of the swing skill long term is that three-point shoot. Yeah, he's as far as an offensive shoot. grade. He's got to be able to shoot to be to – be, To reach a ceiling. I think he can be good well, without it, but that's not That's what I mean. Like, to be, to, be, to be an impactful guy that you want to have on the floor for yep. decently solid minutes every night, he's going to have to be able to shoot that three because, like you said, he told you is it changes how defenses approach him. If they're stepping up higher – it makes that first step so much more lethal. It makes the passing ability better. And it's the same thing we talk about with Trey. I remember I talked with Trey um, earlier this season about kind of how his three-point rate was down. Um, and I asked, like, are you seeing, you know, what are you seeing from defenses stepping higher on you and how, how do you attack that differently? And, you know, he, he said he felt like guys were crowding him more further up the floor. And so what he had to do was – you know, attack more turn and, and turn the corner and, and get downhill. And that's what unleashes, I think, the best of Trey is when he does that. And I think Sharif is in the same zone, but he has to become a, more of a consistent threat to get that kind of attention. Yeah. Otherwise, if teams are going under him, if, you know, and they're screens, good, honestly. And they're going to at first. They, they just got to prove it. They did change it tonight a little bit. I, I agree with that assessment from both from both Matt Hill and Sharif about how they kind of not let him get downhill, but they definitely played him up a little bit more than they were before. I think in the NBA, it's going to take a little while for teams to not play him under because they just they just should. Yeah. And I mean, the thing about Sharif is that he's so good that he could actually beat that downhill. Like he's so hard to stop yes. that he could actually still get downhill right. even if you're going under the screen. 
but it won't be like tonight. There was a lot of clear pass to the basket. And part of that's Philly not playing a, a true center. They're playing Paul Reed, who is good, but it's not like a full time center and all right. this stuff. But I thought he made the right play, which is kind of what Hill was saying it too. Like that was what was there. He took it. He went to the rim. He passed. He finished. Um, five turnovers is, is just fine. I don't I don't mind that at all. So I mean, Especially I, when you have twelve assists. I like, keep saying, and we'll get out of here. I I just I've said this a lot of times. I wonder if you agree. I, I feel like the Hawks. And their fans, especially, but you know, you can't really have realistically expected much better than what they've given you so far with regard to with regard to Cooper and Johnson. Like they've been, I think this is like a ninety fifth percent or higher outcome for summer league so far, and that's that can, that doesn't necessarily matter all that much. But the fact that they came out and they've really through three games, there's been no stinkers. They've been really good, and what you said earlier is a good way to kind of put this. They've shown what you wanted them to show. It's not like. Yeah. Put it playing complete game, playing perfect, or no. um, you know, dominating necessarily all the time. But they've looked the part. In particular, Johnson has like kind of jumped off the screen to everyone. Not just Hawks people. Like I've talked to people around the league about Johnson. It's like, man, the Hawks got a guy there, and it's too early for all that. Sure, but they've looked great. True, well, and that's what you. That's all you can ask for. I mean, like when when we talk about what stands out at summer league, it's a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who's a second-year guy who is a rotation player on a playoff team, and you say, he better be really good at Summer League, and guess what? He's really good at Summer League. Well, the guys you're worried about are the ones that come back for year two, year three that aren't good. Well, yeah, (laughs) so, like, that's, that's, you know, you look at, like, Cole Anthony has been bad, and Uh, you go, and you're like, well, maybe it's a good thing that they got Jalen Suggs. Yeah, it's not going well. And so those are the guys you get worried about. And then for rookies, my standard's even lower. Like I said, it's, oh, it okay, be. what were you supposed to be? What what did we say you're good Just at? Just show some stuff. What did we say you're good at? Do that. Guys who are scorers, on-ball scorers, are always going to look better. Jalen Green was always going to look the part at Summer League, provided he scored it all. Yeah. You know, provided he was yeah, what he was supposed been, to be. He's been awesome. And he's been awesome, and now he's got the MRI on the hamstring, and hopefully everything's good with that. But, like, I'm not surprised Jalen Green has looked better at Summer League than Cade Cunningham. Sure. Um, or Evan Mobley, or Scotty Barnes. Yeah, you're playing. It's it's a it's a guard driven. It's a guard. It's a guard thing, and you know I think and I think that's the thing for me that is most impressive about what Jalen's done. Yeah, is it's really hard. You know, you look at what like Evan Mobley, like he's out there, and Cavs guards are just not finding him when he rolls. They're not hitting him on anything. No, big, bigs have a hard time, and bigs <laughs> just have a really hard time. Unless you have a good playmaking guard, and so obviously there's been kind of a, uh, a a mutually beneficial thing because Sharif has a guy he can pass to who's going to finish, and they they trust Jalen, and Jalen has a guy that is going to get him the basketball, and when you have that combo in summer league, it's going to elevate everybody, but it also is nice because those guys already exist on the Hawks as well. Sharif's always going to have a great role man, no matter who he's on the floor with, oh, because yeah. John Collins is there, Clint Capella's there, Okongwu's there, Okongwu's there, Jalen options. Johnson's there. I mean, you've got guys who are who are role guys, pop guys like Gallo. Um, so like, he's always going to have that. Jalen Johnson is always going to have a a good passing guard because yep. Trey Young's there, and so you see them in this situation. You go, okay, we take everything with a grain of salt because it's summer league, but. You, you just have to be pleased if you're a Hawks fan at what you've seen uh, and just happy that you're getting solid uh, solid confirmation of what we thought these guys could be 
and, and now it's just a matter of, okay, how do they transition to the actual NBA and playing against actual NBA opponents? And there's going to be hiccups when they're on the floor there, but they're, they're also going to play sparingly. I think Sharif will spend some time in College Park. And I mean, Travis has been pretty open about how both guys will probably play in College Park. Right. And, and I think especially Sharif. On the, Sharif, on the, for sure. On the two-way and with the three guys in front of him. I know He's, Hawks fans are excited, and they should be, but... Um, I will be stunned if he does not play some G League minutes this year. Oh, he's that's going like that's to. like not even a, that's not even like no, a hot take. I, I don't um, even think that's Travis a has said that. I mean, I, I think we might see Jalen down there sparingly, but to your point, like it's not about. And this is the weird thing about this Hawks team that we keep talking about is that this team is trying to win, and they're trying to win, and they have depth already. They're so deep. it's not like they have to plug no. plug in rookies to rotation minutes yet if they're not there. I think I think Jalen's going to get minutes. I think they're also going to be cognizant of how last year went with the injuries, especially with Gallo. And oh, I yeah. think I think the goal for the Hawks with Gallo this year is get him to the playoffs healthy, and then you up his minutes because we saw what he can do well, I thought, in the playoffs. I they he, might. he looked washed at times in the regular season, then he comes out in the playoffs, and he looks great. And I think if, if you are Nate McMillan and Travis Schlank, a little light bulb goes off there and you say... Long game. 16 game player. Well, and they don't, they don't need to push i mean this is we said this last year and it didn't really happen because they had so many injuries but guys like lou and guys like gallinari like just might not play back-to-backs and stuff like that might happen yeah that, that might I'm be one way surprised. to what, one way to preserve that and maybe you sneak some minutes in for jalen johnson on a night when gallo has the night off especially especially if you you've got a back if you got a back-to-back of like orlando like let jalen play 25 well and, and early um without a kong Wu as well i mean i know, I know, gonna be I know they, they bring in the they bring in gorgie jang for sure and he's gonna help them but maybe you see more, more Collins at center, and that opens up some more some small ball yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and, so, I th- and I think they need to do that because last year they didn't really get a chance to ever put those small ball lines out there because of the injuries. Well, well yeah, they had, without Hunter. Without like, Hunter, they had to go big. They started playing they Gallo didn't, They didn't have Collins a small ball four the entire season. They didn't really have that guy available, and um, that's something that Johnson can do for them. And Johnson that, can do. It's not necessarily a small ball with him because he's, he's actually probably he's more a of a four. Um, but anyway, we're, we're in the rabbit hole, but... Uh, I think it's uh, been, again, really encouraging. The Hawks played two more games in Vegas, uh, one on Saturday, and then they play again either Monday or Tuesday. That's still to be announced. But, uh, you know, maybe I assume those guys will keep playing. They are rookies, but it would, so. wouldn't be a shutdown. Wouldn't be wouldn't be stunned by a shutdown necessarily. That does happen occasionally, but uh, we'll see. I would think if they do either. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But regardless, we've now seen three uh, pretty encouraging games from the Hawks Summer League roster, even even with one and two. I promise you that I don't care about their record. In <laughs> I can assure you. But, uh, Robbie, thanks for joining me, my friend. A pleasure uh, as always. We're out here covering stuff for, for Diamond Up Rocks. You can follow Robbie at rcallant on the Twitter machine, which you probably already do. But if you don't, rectify that. And also check out all of our written content at Dime Up Rocks on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you all next time.